Welcome to yet another round of Otaku Ryoho, the podcast where we talk about themes, you know, usual life themes, but we use anime as illustration, you know? We bring up a topic and we use anime to talk about it, especially like more complex topics that's hard to talk about. And I am Gian Ramos and I am accompanied by my co host, Jose Cardona. Hello. Today, we, I chose the topic. You did. And Obviously.、I'm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I chose the topic last time. And I chose to talk about pain. And that's a pretty broad topic. But I wanted to talk about pain, just like anime that addresses sort of pain as a central theme.、Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was, I was sort of inspired by.、Um, Uh, Kiss Niver, which was an anime I mentioned during our conversation about sci fi, and an anime Josue mentioned that was called、um, Bofuri. Bofuri, yeah. And the incredibly long title, which I'm not going to read out right now. It was something like, I don't want to feel pain, so I maxed out my defense stats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, pain is a ever present topic, just in anime in general. Because, you know, main characters are allowed to just have a whole episode focusing on how, how emotionally distraught they are or how, how much in pain they are. I think that's something I've experienced personally more in anime than in other mediums. Would you agree with that? That, like, you spend a whole episode? Yeah. Yeah. It,、mm. it, like, it dedicates a lot of time, sort、mm. of like,、um, To, to just like emotional or physical pain. Yeah, I. Do you have examples? I think. That convince、uh, me. <laughs> this, is, this is hard because it's like, for example, let's take just a random episode of My Hero Academia, right?、Mm-hmm. And you'll always find these parts where they're, they're, the main characters are speaking throughout half of the whole episode, they're speaking about how much in pain they are over. The how ashamed they are about their, their decisions or how you know how powerless they feel, and that that sort of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that's part of the melodrama of,、mm-hmm. of yeah, anime. most anime, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, sometimes we have pain as a sort of central theme, and that's something you can see across anime, for example.、Um, I think in Naruto. There's, a, there's a, one of the main villains whose name is Pain. <laughs> His whole motivation sort of, is sort of showing the main characters how Pain is, is like a teacher. How, you know, like he, he's trying to like establish this new world order and it's trying to like establish it through Pain. And, and, and that's something you see often in, in sort of anime villains where they feel like if they sort of impose. A, a form of strife on somebody that it's going to teach them something. So, are we talking about physical pain or emotional pain? I would like to use those interchangeably、okay. throughout the conversation because,、uh, neurologically speaking, there's a certain point where the brain does not differentiate physical to emotional pain.、Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something we experience throughout. Throughout our lives, sometimes 
like we we try to divide them because obviously they have their own differences but as a bodily reaction our body sometimes reacts to it mostly as if there was they're like the same right mm-hmm. and i i really wanted to work on the more like cognitive aspects of pain of whether it helps us whether it 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 damages us you know the difference between trauma and growth right that sort of thing and okay when i use the example of kisniver i used it because i think this anime obviously it's an anime all about pain about people who are brought together by uh, an experiment that was done against their will in which they're connected by a wound that's where the kisniver comes from it comes from the word Kizu, which means wound, and Kizuna, which means uh, connection. And so all the main characters are connected by their pain in a way in which if one of them feels pain, all of them sort of share that same pain, right? Mm -hmm. And the main purpose of that experiment was sort of to figure out whether if we could feel the same pain as everybody else if it would make us more empathetic or if we would be able to deal with it and i thought that could be like a very interesting way to start the conversation just like just what's the effect that pain has had across our lives what what you know how do we react to it and just explore how this sort of theme is is explored across various anime Get me started. Where do you want me to start? Okay, so you you spoke about Bofiri uh, mm-hmm. yeah. on our last episode. Yeah. And you said it could spark a conversation about pain avoidance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how did you uh, come up with uh, Bofiri? How did you, like, find out about it? So uh, Funimation just had it featured, like, mm-hmm. really big. and And the title is very thought-provoking at least for me yeah i was like mm-hmm. i still don't know what buff means it's like and it's all caps so yeah i don't, I don't I have no idea but again it's like i don't want to get hurt so i maxed out my defense stats mm-hmm. and i was like what okay that sounds really interesting because mm-hmm. the concept is more interesting than the show itself i think but <laughs> uh the when we're talking about pain and if i talk about like pain in my life Mm-hmm. I would say that I have uh, the first thing that came to mind was that I have spent an enormous amount of uh, time and energy and thought power, like mm-hmm. <laughs> brain time. I don't know, uh, thinking about how to prevent pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am way more like if when I'm standing, like I'm 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 pretty afraid of heights, and mm-hmm. my my fear of heights isn't so much that I'm going to die, but that it's going to hurt if I yeah. don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I see uh, pain. Pain is probably highest on the things that I'm, I'm always trying to, to avoid and mm-hmm. probably the things that I'm most afraid of. Um, again, I'm, I'm speaking more physical, but I think, I think uh, all no. sorts of pain is, 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 you know, it, it applies here. And in Bofuri, what she does is she, uh, the main character, Maple, she goes into this uh, online, um, it's, a, it's a, like a virtual reality MMO. And she starts to play and she's like, oh, like, I don't, because you can feel pain in the game because mm-hmm. you've got like haptic feedback. She's like, oh, I don't want to get hurt. 
Yeah. Really, the, the title is like, I don't want to, I don't want to get hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. Not so much. I don't want to feel pain. She's like, I don't want to get hurt. So she immediately, uh, whatever stat point she has, she just starts <laughs> um, allocating them to defense. All of them. Yep. Yep. To the point where like she, she's actually, she actually can't feel the, the first few critters and enemies that show up in the game. Mm-hmm. She can barely feel them after a bit. So it's actually really interesting. So in that first episode, she just goes out into like the level one area. She's, she's a brand new player, you know, very low stats, uh, you know, not good gear. So she goes out and she sees like, I don't remember if it was like a lizard or a bug or something. Mm-hmm. It was really tiny. And so she it starts uh like hitting her with a stick and it doesn't really hurt a lot but she sits there and she takes it and yeah. she she keeps getting hit she's like she's so scared that she like curls up into the fetal position lay, lays on the ground and this one thing keeps hitting her and uh as he hits her she keeps getting experience points mm-hmm. so she keeps getting experience points to the point where she levels up and then uh, she keeps leveling up with this thing just hitting her. <laughs> she stays there. I think she stays there for a couple hours. I may be remembering the first episode wrong. But yeah, she, uh, she, she levels up to the point where she's strong enough. Now, now like her defense that is so strong that when other enemies come at her, she's her defense is so high that they die. Like the the impact is so strong to them that without doing anything, they they get hurt. Yeah, and. And so, like, I, again, I, I was really interested in what kind of ideas it was going to explore. I take back what I said about the show not being uh, that interesting. Because <laughs> even in just that first episode, it's like, oh, she was, she built up a tolerance. She, now she's more resistant to pain. Yeah. And it's using a gaming system to explain that concept. And it's so funny because, like, at first it was like, oh, like, it hurts a little bit. And now, like, oh, it doesn't hurt anymore. And there, mm-hmm. you know. I'm sure we'll talk about psychological resilience and, you know, like even if you talk about like exercising, right? Like you're, when, when you work out a muscle, you're, you're like tearing that thing apart and then it comes back together Mm -hmm. and heals stronger for, for the next time. And then if you keep doing that, it'll keep getting bigger and stronger. So, so I I really like the way that it, it, it plays out. And then the story, uh, I, I don't know. I, th- I think it's a fun show the way that they take that to the extreme. And then her friend takes the, takes a different approach. I think she goes into, is it speed or attack? And basically they start complimenting each other. <laughs> so her best friend, so, so she's a tank, like the strongest tank in the, in the game, in the like game. to the point where the developers start uh, patching the game around her because she's, like they they never expected someone to just put all their points into defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then her friend, I believe it's speed that she works with. So mm-hmm. between the two of them, they complement each other very well. So they take down bosses and stuff with a strategy that is just like completely one-sided um, from each of them. And so her friend like doesn't add anything to defense mm-hmm. and and just has Maple uh, do the defense. And uh, it's it's pretty cool like how she becomes very popular in the game because people know her. Uh, not necessarily as, oh, that's the person who puts all the points into defense, but they see her as a formidable foe and someone who, who like reaches pretty high when they do um, events and like battle royales and all of these things because they can't, they can't deal with it. And she uses that, um, that armor that she has to take down some pretty big enemies and which then gives her like these special unique abilities that are spread out throughout the world that other people were unable to to reach because they didn't have that 
resistance armor you know like, yeah <laughs> it's it's a I, I really like the idea of the of the show I found it super interesting because when I first heard your your sort of pitch of the of the series I thought it was going to be about you know this main character that wants to avoid pain at all costs so she puts all her points in defense but then That's it, she it? yeah yeah but then she misses out on the whole experience Right? Oh, like I thought gotcha. that that was sort of like the direction the 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 anime would go into yeah, where it's like yeah. you have to, you know, open yourself up to the world to sort of experience it. But it went in a completely different direction, which yeah. I also appreciated. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Because pain, you know, as a as a as a natural thing that we all experience, it's it's something that's supposed to prevent us from damaging us too much. Right, mm-hmm. something that's supposed to protect us from uh, emotional or physical harm, but sometimes, and I was going to use the same metaphor you used with the muscle, right? Sometimes we have to bear a certain amount of pain in order to grow from it. When you do exercise, you are practically damaging your muscles, which is why then you should let your body recover so it can grow stronger muscles, and you yeah, keep you're, you're literally that tearing muscle fibers. Right? Yeah. yeah. And this is literally what she does. She's literally building up immunities throughout the game. Um, And I found that as I was watching, I found that particularly (laughs) admirable, right? Because she was like, I don't want to get poisoned. And then she's like, you know what? I'll get poisoned. I'll stay here for hours and then I'll be immune to poison. And that's how how I'm going to get over this. And that sort of plays with sort of the the fantasy fulfillment aspect of gaming yeah, where yeah. in in that world you can be sort of impervious to pain and that was empowering for her she could play in this game and she could be the impervious one and that's something she can carry yeah. with her even outside of the game right that sort of confidence that that brings in you and I really liked that aspect of of the series, right? That it sort of didn't shame her for wanting to make that a positive character trait in herself, that she doesn't feel pain. I forgot about the poison. That's right. Mm -hmm. So she chose, she was like, I don't want to feel that ever again. How do Mm -hmm. I do that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And in the game, it's a very straightforward system that she Mm -hmm. figured out on her first day. And... Not, I mean, you know, it's harder in real life, but you know, like the 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 main idea is is solid. Yeah, and 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 sometimes when we get to reenact these things in a fantasy setting, it helps us accept them more in ourselves in a in a real setting, right? Like if I can be impervious in this game, maybe I can tolerate some painful things in real life, right? Doesn't mean I'm impervious, but it means that you know I'm I'm in that state of mind. Well, I think the lesson that hopefully Maple has picked up. I haven't finished seeing the series. I yeah. I, I read it's getting a second season. It's popular mm-hmm. enough that it's getting a second season, and the the idea that she's basically training in a way mm-hmm. or building up that resistance very slowly, yeah, in in very small chunks. I think I think that's the the most important lesson there, right? That it's if it's if it's too much, it it's too much, right? But like in in small doses, she's able to tolerate it and then build up that immunity, like you said, build up her defense stats, com- 
continuing to get experience points. Like it fulfilled my desire for the show again, based on the title to be an accurate representation of the metaphors that I've continued to use <laughs> with gaming and mental health for, for almost a decade now. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. it, it puts them in a much, uh, in a much needed package, I think, because I've, I've talked to people who, who enjoy video games and, and understand that idea of experience points and systems and then framing their own life experiences around that and how the work that we can do and the work that they can do personally can help them become stronger, level up, gain more experience, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, and then this game just goes like uh, this game, this, this show kind of really embraces that in a way that, uh, Again, I really appreciate it. I'm, 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 a, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I'm sorry that before I said <laughs> <laughs> the idea is more interesting than the show. I actually, I actually enjoy it. I mean, it, it also sort of broadens that message for people who don't play video games, right? If you're somebody who doesn't like video games but likes anime, perhaps this is the way in which those sort of symbols of like gaining experience and growing stronger, it, it suddenly becomes like adaptable to who you are. Right. It's it's definitely a good teaching tool for someone who hasn't played video games. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that that was interesting. I found it interesting in when I was watching. Uh did you get to watch much of Kisniver? I watched five episodes. That's good. That's good. Five episodes. Yeah. Um so as you see, like throughout these episodes, like the main characters are connected by their pain. And this is the thing where like they're forcing them to feel empathy for each other. And what they do is they do that thing where there was an experiment. I forgot who, who, who the psychologist was evil psychologist, um, (laughs) who, who took monkeys and then put them on a, on a, on a cage. And there was like a, a, a few bananas like at the top of the cage and if the monkeys got close to it, they would be shocked, right? Hmm. And so what the experiment sort of showed was that if you introduced a new monkey that did not know the rules, like monkeys would start to show aggression towards the monkey who who did not know that they couldn't um, eat the banana because all the monkeys would be shocked each time any monkey would um, try to pick up the banana. And so this is sort of what they tried to do, which and, and part of me was like, I, I'm not exactly sure how this would work. I mean, in this case, they're not sort of like dismotivating them from from doing something like uh, achieving a goal of theirs, like it would be for the monkeys to to reach for the banana. And what they're actually trying to do is to prevent each other from harming each other, right? or prevent each other from getting harmed because you would feel the harm that somebody else was feeling. And and part of me was sort of skeptical about that, that sort of premise. Um, But as, as this sort of like series goes on, they make that equivalency in which like their physical pain and their emotional pain is, is simultaneously something they share. Like, it's not just, what I thought at first is that they just like shared the the nerve endings. So when somebody would be pinched, others would feel it. But it came to a point where if somebody was sad, everybody else would feel it as well. And that sort of brought them together. And it sort of reminds me how in certain situations, when people are united by a particularly a particular point of pain, 
it becomes a a unifying factor, right? When we're going through a similar crisis, that's what support groups are for, right? And I found that interesting how sort of like pain, although it's something adverse that keeps us from getting harmed, it can sometimes also also bring us together because if we share the struggle of trying to deal with a particular point of pain, that means it's a common narrative that we have amongst each other. And then that becomes a point of entrance into somebody's life, right? And and that's sort of where I saw the, the sort of metaphor going in the anime, which I found pretty cool. Did you finish the show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't get to a point where the emotional connection was there. Mm-hmm. I but think I, it was shortly after you finished. Okay. But mm-hmm. I do like the premise. Mm-hmm. Also, they early on, they introduce a an interesting element, which is that one of them actually enjoys pain. Yeah. Which is uh, very interesting. But so, so we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of the things that you were saying, it was very visible in that... I, and I've, I've, you know, it's like, it's hard to, for some people to put it into words, but it's like, it's almost like it's not as bad because so, because we're all feeling it at the same time. Mm-hmm. There's almost, I've, I've heard people describe it as uh, almost that there's a sense of comfort in that, yeah. that at least you're not alone in, in, in what's going on. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, when we're recording this, it's like, at least here in the United States, it's like that didn't last very long. Like there's a lot of people who are already like, <laughs> like actually, you know, like I have very specific reasons for why I don't care anymore about uh, like sharing the burden or sharing the pain. Mm-hmm. And and people are starting to, a minority, I believe, but still enough people uh, were like, I'm, I'm done with this. I don't care if my actions cause other people pain yeah. suffering or even death mm-hmm. i i want to like do i want things to just go back to the way they were and yeah so like does keys never work out in the end does like <laughs> it literally happens the same way you just described it really right oh. after after a certain point like the sort of the they start developing feelings for each other and then it becomes even more painful to be with each other mm. when they those feelings aren't reciprocated and stuff like that and it comes to a point where the pain becomes unbearable, right? Mm-hmm. And they sort of give up on each other. Huh. They they sort of abandon each other to the point where the, the Kiznaiver experiment per se finishes. Hmm. And it, they didn't have like a satisfactory sort of ending where they completely became more empathetic with each other. Hmm. But they already had that connection that they had before that experiment had ended, right? Yeah. And that sort of brings them back together because now it's a shared trauma for all of them. Hmm. Maybe it's because they're not enduring the pain anymore. So they turn it off eventually? Yeah, the um, Noriko, which is the the blue-haired girl that starts Mm -hmm. the experiment, she sort of promises them, you know, by the end of summer, this experiment is going to end. Okay? Like, this, this won't last forever. And so she she finishes it, but they're still brought together by their shared trauma. And then we have like this sort of like uh, finale in which she attempts to connect the whole city through the program. Mm-hmm. 
and they they're trying to stop her because um they, they everybody recognizes that this isn't a particularly ethical way to bring people together and that perhaps <laughs> you know perhaps you know the best way to bring people together is to realize that we have the capacity for empathy if we just put in the effort right and so they're they're instead of having it surgically implanted exactly <laughs> and so they they're sort of all like reaching out to her to tell her, you know, we want to share your pain, we want to share your experiences, we want to learn from you and about you, but we we need to do it like genuinely. We have to meet each other and we have to be empathetic for each other, right? It's funny, early on, like by, by the time uh, I stopped watching, mm-hmm. Noriko was, like they invited her to come along to the things that they were already forced to do. Mm-hmm. And she was going along and she she didn't have to, but she wanted to be part of the group, yeah. even though she didn't have the implant, right? Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, okay, so I spoiler warnings already happened. So um but by the end of the of the series, you learned that Noriko in her past, she was a subject of the Kisniver experiment. And she was connected to the main character, Katsuhira, right? The mm-hmm. the white-haired kid. But the experiment went differently in which she had to bear everybody else's pain and everybody else was numbed to pain, hmm. right? They so, kind of hint at that from the beginning. Yeah, exactly. So she she knew about him. That's why in the in at the beginning of the series he can't feel pain, right? Because yeah. he's still suffering from the after after effects of that of that experiment. Oh oh oh! I have a question. Mm-hmm. He also can't remember a lot of things. Yeah. Is it is it? Um, do they introduce the idea that because he can't feel, he can't that he can't form memories? Damn, I can't I can't remember specifically. I mean, uh, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if the show didn't address that, but mm-hmm. that would have like that would have been yeah, an interesting right. way to put it because he he seems like he has amnesia at the beginning. There are things about the past that he doesn't remember, mm-hmm. and perhaps it's the opposite in the show. But uh, but like the the like feeling stuff helps you remember things, right? Like, yeah. If you things that like had no effect on you, your brain's not going to register that for very long. It's not going to exactly. really matter. Mm-hmm. And painful things, right? Those traumas are like I always describe them as like branding on your brain, right? It's like mm-hmm. you are burning that in because it was so painful, and so that memory lasts longer, way longer than you want it to. Yeah. But it's because you felt it harder. Yeah, even if it's re- if it's a repressed memory, your body still remembers and still acts accordingly. Hmm. Yeah. So it's it's and then if you have a very happy memory, is the same thing, right? Yeah. Why am I crying? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Why does this song make me feel so good? Yeah, exactly. And so that would have been a very interesting way to explore that, right? If if he doesn't feel anything, he doesn't have something to attach to those memories. So they they can easily like bleed out of him. Was there any explanation for his amnesia? I think there was. But I didn't rewatch the series and I watched it a long time ago. Got it, got it, got it. So... I, I should have done that research beforehand. Yeah. But um, but as, as I was saying, so Nariko, she bared everybody's pain, right? And she felt personally like she couldn't bear it. But at the same time, it was her only connection to these other kids that were in the experiment, right? To the point where 
she felt everyone's pain and that made her empathetic to them right and so that's why she wanted to like continue the experiment but she wanted to do it so that other people share the pain because she felt that you know if she was able to become empathetic to those other kids then perhaps it, like i can make a better world with this sort of information so uh katsuhiro is his name right? yeah um does does he feel pain now in the new version of the experiment um in the new version of the experiment he slowly acquires the ability to feel as he's connected to other people and he learns about them and he he develops feelings for these people right because part of what was preventing him from sort of recovering was the fact that because he couldn't feel anything he shut people out of his life right because nothing seemed to matter no no not no form of interaction seemed to matter um hmm. Okay. But the more connected it to people he became, the more he developed the capacity to feel pain. Similarly to the way, you know, relationships work. The more you connected you become to someone, you, the more you become attached. And that's a double-edged sword. If if that relationship breaks, it can become very, very painful. But yeah. um, it, 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 that sort of attachment is what helped him sort of develop the ability to feel and okay. that was that i think that anime is super fascinating hmm. and it's definitely a a watchable sort of anime i <laughs> i struggled a little bit with it mm -hmm. we're making it sound way more interesting than i found it <laughs> i know i'm probably saying the same thing that i said about bofuri before <laughs> change yeah, my mind. you're gonna change your mind maybe, maybe just like you did with bofuri maybe like you're making me want to go and finish watching it mm -hmm. but but it was it was hard for me to to get through the episodes that I did get through. It's a very anime anime. <laughs> Why so? Because the the characters are are tropey. Uh you know, like I don't even mind the tropiness. Like that's that's I accept mm. that in my anime. Yeah. Um, there was, I mean, this may be the first time in my life that I say this actually, mm -hmm. but like I have some doubts about that dub. <laughs> I'm a dub right. person, and 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 I was like, what this? Hmm. Like, I think that dubs are a very that's like it's a it's a hard it's an art, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like it is difficult to match up the the meaning with the words and the movement. So that's why like some things are sometimes kind of kind of off, but like you, you accept that. But in this particular show, it was so. Uh, it was off-putting at times, and I never had that experience with a with an anime before. I've always been—I don't know—it's never even bothered me. And now I was like, I can't. I, this is unforgivable. <laughs> I felt <laughs> at times. Did you watch the dub or the sub? sub um, originally, I watched the the sub, mm -hmm. and then I watched the first like three episodes of the dub recently. Okay. In preparation okay. for the episode. I think I think that's what that's what it, it boils down to. Mm -hmm. It's like it was. It was kind of that thing of like the the action on the screen with the emotion being conveyed by the people doesn't match to me the words that are coming out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. So it was, that was a part of it. So I was like checking out. Yeah, but I'd be curious, you know, if more people watch it. It's on, I watched it on Crunchyroll. So it's it's accessible now. So people people can watch it. And the dub is on Crunchyroll. So I don't did know. You, hmm. Did you like the the opening? Yeah, yeah. No, the opening, you're right. The opening is great. It's the legit. Opening is great. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's a good opening right there. That is a good opening. It is good. It is good. Yeah. Did you have any other examples? So, so when we were talking at, uh, about at the beginning, it mm-hmm. made me think that I think it was you said something like like oh pain is represented in a lot of anime and I'm like mm-hmm. uh huh yeah like, <laughs> like <laughs> but then I started thinking about actual physical pain mm-hmm. and that's something that isn't really represented like especially someone you know like me who who loves shonen yeah. uh, people are constantly punching themselves punching each other in the face not themselves each other in the face and and just kicking the crap out of each other and. Yes, their bodies are flying through buildings <laughs> and mountains and and all these things. Very rarely is someone like, first of all, very rarely does someone say like, "Oh, I broke my arm," you know, like that, like that. Yeah, rarely happens. It like, has to be a realistic anime. Um, yeah, but even even that, I mean, and I think this is in movies in general, right? Like people mm-hmm. fall, <laughs> people have yeah. accidents, and they walk away pretty not hurt <laughs> yeah people get get through explosions without hearing damage yeah 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 <laughs> I think, yeah that's a good example um but just like just like seeing something like seeing someone get hit and it's like so um in tv and movies that's so um what's the word it's it's not it's so inconsistent like some people yeah. get punched in the face once and they and they, and they faint mm-hmm. and then other characters you know, have a building, you know, fall on them and they get back up like nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, so, but, but in a lot of anime, like Shonen in particular, again, people, people are physically trying to hurt each other. And mm-hmm. with the exception of like, a, uh, 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 <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, th- was that, was that pain? Or was it just you getting the, the wind knocked out of you? Mm-hmm. Like I remember in, in, uh, and I'm probably going to bring up Dragon Ball probably every episode, but like in Dragon Ball Z, there's a point where uh, Go, uh, Gohan's arm is broken and it is like so dramatic. Yeah. But like in that same fight that, the, you know, that same long arc, like a bunch of people died. <laughs> Literally his father had already died. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, there's something about like, Oh shit. Like he's fighting with one hand because his arm is broken. Yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> it's like, but you know, but like, you just you just like got thrown through a whole bunch of mountains and and stuff and and got blasted and yeah so yeah. so I don't think that physical pain is something that is often represented and in in a, in even in cartoons that are more or an anime that is more um, realistic there's still uh, I th- I thought of the word cartoon because there's there's word there's a there's like still a cartoonish <laughs> aspect to animation where mm-hmm. like someone will trip down the stairs and there's still something about the fact that it's animated that people are like, Oh no, I'm fine. You know, yeah. or, or like things will fly up in the air and yeah. Or like you'll have this sort of humorous moment in which a girl hits somebody with a bat, <laughs> like super hard, yeah, yeah, but they yeah. don't get like, you know, a hemorrhage yeah. or anything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or no, that's funny. And even um, less realistic anime mm-hmm. uh, where someone would get hit in the head with a bat, like a bump might appear. Mm-hmm. But it's like, are you in pain, or did you just get a bump on your head? <laughs> like, what, yeah, is, yeah. what is happening? What are you? What are you feeling? And that's that's sort of interesting because, you know, personally, just like talking about the the topic of pain and pain management, it's something that's very important for me personally, 
because I'm a medical student, because I deal with patients most of the time, and I deal with people who are in pain. And part of the things that personally infuriate me is that human beings are not trustworthy measurers of pain, right? Explain. Like you can't look at somebody and adequately just guess at how much pain they're feeling. Gotcha. If it's a lot of pain, if it's a little bit of pain, we can't make those decisions. And that's something that's very important in medicine. Like I've I've participated in studies in which they've proven that like 64% of, of, they had, uh, a experiment where they had patients that were actors and patients who were actually enduring pain, right? And so they they each sort of like had their pain reaction and doctors had to determine whether they believed that the patient was faking the pain or whether they believed that the patient was actually feeling the pain, right? And it showed that 60, like 64% of the time in that specific experiment, like, they guessed incorrectly. Wow. <laughs> That's a big percentage, like 64% of the time. So it, it's my personal belief that if a patient reports pain, you have to take it at face value because personally, as 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 a doctor, I would rather be the, the, the doctor who unnecessarily prescribed painkillers to a patient that was faking it than the doctor who does not prescribe painkillers to a person that needs it right Hmm. you can still sort of monitor the patient to be for 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 signs of health right like if you gave them a a painkiller it doesn't mean that you're not going to observe them to make sure like they're not having an adverse reaction but it's it's because you're not a trustworthy person to make that decision for them it's very important that you recognize that and that you act accordingly right but every time I go to the doctor, the test for pain is so good. They tell me on a scale of one to ten, how how is my pain? So that's that pain is subjective, right? <laughs> and that's why we use this. That, that, that's no, that's actually a very good. That's actually a very good way to approach it, right? Because is it so, is it? <laughs> I think it's the best way we have at the moment, right? And it's because pain is that, a subjective yeah. experience, right? So yeah. there, for example, there are certain headaches that literally patients will describe as the worst headache of their lives, right? And those particular headaches, you have to really, like there's a different management than certain other types of headaches, right? And then if you're having like a normal headache, maybe you can start with like smaller meds and then sort of go upwards. But if a patient comes to you saying that they're having the worst headache of their lives, that could be an internal bleed, right? If a patient is telling you that they have a a headache a headache that feels like a like a nine in the morning, but then it feels like a like a six in the evening, that could be like a a mass in the head, like a tumor, right? So you can trust the patient sort of subjective understanding of how bad their pain is but you can't make that decision for them because it's subjective right some people tolerate pain inwardly and they don't want to express it right like they don't have like the the wincing and the closing of the eyes or like the groaning 
but it doesn't mean that they aren't feeling pain, right? And that's something very important when we're sort of determining what sort of treatment to give patients. We have to understand that pain is subjective, and then we have to deal on the patient's terms. If the patient believes it's the worst pain of his life, we're going to treat it accordingly. If the patient believes that it's nothing, then we're going to treat it accordingly. And so, yeah, when we talk about sort of anime and the, and the characters not displaying them appropriately, like the signs of pain, I I think there's, there's a lot of sense in that sort of... Uh, reasoning because anime by nature is something that is supposed to express things maybe to an exaggerated manner right like when you watch haikyuu or like any sports anime their arms turn into slinkies right when they're yeah. about to hit a ball yeah and that sort of exaggeration is important to express just like the state of mind of the characters and like the the stakes of a situation so i think maybe yeah maybe animators should focus more on expressing that pain in their characters <laughs> like that physical pain like the consequences of that pain well uh, so, so so yeah it's like one of the cool things mm -hmm. about anime is that it it is so expressive i think over mm -hmm. the last i don't know 10 15 years western animation has adopted more uh, of that anime expressiveness mm -hmm. and and uh i love that I think that just pain in general isn't something that is represented. Like it's, I don't think it's fun. So apparently it's fun to represent heartbreak, but it's not fun to represent the pain of breaking your forearm yeah. or, or uh, knee surgery or something like that. Right. It's, it's mm -hmm. almost, maybe it's, maybe it's because those pains aren't something like, what's the learning opportunity? What's the, what's the growth that comes from breaking your arm, right? Other than like a literal lesson of like, oh, well, you know, I'm not sticking my hand out on that train again <laughs> or, mm -hmm. or, you know, trying to, trying to catch an incoming uh, bus coming straight at me. Uh, there, isn't, there isn't like drama around that. So I understand why you wouldn't necessarily represent it. There's so many things that we don't represent uh, literally, in, yeah. in media and anime anime is no exception i think i just mm -hmm. think it's funny and something like like again action anime where people are literally beating the shit out of each other that they <laughs> that no one's ever like well i'm like i need a break i'm not only tired but my body really hurts right now <laughs> yeah i need to see a doctor because i'm getting busy <laughs> exactly. after a, exactly. you know all these uh, after being slammed through three buildings I mean, um. they should be completely black and blue, right? Like, they're, <laughs> they, they're, they're, their skin color should have changed completely. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot going on there. But hey, um, if you train enough in a in a gravity chamber, you become resistant to maybe having maybe. having a whole building sort of leveled on your head. Yeah, yeah. It, it's your you, energy is actually like uh, like a force field around yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> taking some of that um i think about that stuff all the time <laughs> but but yeah i mean it would be it would be disgusting if you saw one of those fights afterwards like you could see a boxing movie and you'll see the person was like all bruised and banged up and their face might look all messed up like if shonen did that like you'd never want to watch it everybody would just look like monsters <laughs> it would look horrible yeah. i i personally like when we talk about more sort of like realistic anime there's something that's like a personal pet peeve of mine, mm -hmm. which is that every time somebody's sick, 
the only sign they ever show is fever and cough. Hmm. It's like every single sick character in anime has fever and cough. That's it. Like, <laughs> and sometimes I would really like it, you know, for, for sick characters in anime, which there are a lot of, right? Characters that, you know, they can't get out of bed because they're sick, because people are taking care of them always. And, and they feel like disempowered by that, right? That's something that we see very frequently in anime. But I would like to see, you know, other symptoms like, you know, like, for example, when I saw Princess Mononoke, the fact that I saw lepers in anime mm-hmm. yeah, and, and you know, how, you know, having bits of you sort of affects how you, how useful you are to the society in terms of like how, what you can create with your hands and stuff like that. Although there were some of them who were like, making guns with their feet right and that's a very important part of representation of sick people right that disability forms different forms of ability right when you try to work your way around that and be creative because you have one life that's given to you and you have to do with it what you can even without a limb or two right I mean, and one that, life depends on your belief system. I think we've established that. But Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, <laughs> at least for, for that per- specific playthrough. <laughs> yeah. Um, you so, have to deal with what you're giving, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I've always liked the term differently abled, right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, so I, I got to do things in, in a different way because I can't do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's, there's a comic book. It's not an anime. It's a comic book called Snot Girl. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a, I think she's a model, like a, like a supermodel. But she has severe allergies. Oh. So it's something that like she she's constantly like her allergies are always acting up and causing trouble. Like that's what the whole thing is about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, you never see uh like rarely, right? You don't see allergies or coughs or again, broken bones and, and things like that. Um Actually, I was watching um Doctor Stone. Yeah, yeah. I was still watching it, and there's this one character that wears a watermelon on their head. Right. Mm-hmm. And for medical reasons? Li- Sorry? For medical reasons? So that's what I'm getting at, right? <laughs> she's she's like this little girl and she always wears a watermelon on her head. And people always judged her for it because she was like eccentric and weird and, and sort of immature for always like wearing a, a watermelon on her head. The reason why she wears a watermelon on her head is because she's nearsighted, right? And so... Something, oh. you know how sometimes when you're, when you can't see well in the distance, you squint your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so she's wearing, so it covers her face and she has like eye holes to look out of. Exactly. Huh. <laughs> and so Just through those head. eye holes, she could actually see better. Yeah. 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 And that's why she wore that, that watermelon throughout her whole life. But she didn't understand why she just felt like the watermelon helped her see. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the main character, which is like a super genius scientist is like, Oh, so you ha- you're nearsighted. Like, um, the reason you've worn this watermelon all your life is because, like, you can't see otherwise. And so she was this little girl that every time she removed her watermelon, they this they do like this humorous effect where her face turns into like a granny <laughs> because like she has to squint so hard to see things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the main character like makes like these um, like these lens out of glass and then like punches them in her her watermelon head. Yeah. And suddenly she can see things for the first time. Yeah. And you know, yeah. that's the sort of representation of illness that I love because yeah. I remember the first time I put on a glasses. Yeah. 
which was okay so this is my story of when i put on glasses i pretended set, set, set the stage how old are you where was this i was in i i think it was like second to third grade okay. right i pretended i needed glasses okay because i thought glasses were cool okay right and Nerd. so i told my mom like i can't read the board because um i i need glasses the truth is i couldn't read the board but i didn't know that you know it wasn't adequate that i couldn't read the board at the distance i was from the board right so i kept telling my mom like hey i i need glasses i need glasses and she was like okay let's let's take you for a, a visual exam when i took that visual exam i cheated right i lied about certain values just so i could get my glasses mm. right <laughs> But somehow I still got a relatively good recipe for 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 my eyesight. Well, it was better than not having them. <laughs> yes, and then like we were on our way out and she was like, "Okay, so put them on." Wait, don't put them on. And I was like, "Okay, I I won't put them on." And she's like, "Read something you see over there, right?" And it was like this this poster, a Burger King poster, right? And you know this thing where when you can't read something, like your brain repl replaces the words to sort of make them into something logical. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, it says it says like cheeseburger deluxe when I when what I read was something like you know double cheeseburger or something okay. like that. Okay. And then I put my glasses on and it said like bacon, bacon cheeseburger, and I was like, I can't see, I can't actually see, but now I can see. <laughs> And now I can see like the leaves on the trees. And it was like such an extreme moment for me where I I noticed that the world was had HD vision. <laughs> and I was watching, you know, like on, on like old like cube TVs. Yeah, yeah. Like that <laughs> changed my life. And like sort of seeing that in, in that particular anime really like I really appreciated that that experience. Yeah, have you watched Samurai Champloo? Um, I used to, but I remember nothing of it except that there was like extreme like acrobatics with samurai action. There was samurai action. That is that is true. Uh, <laughs> the one of them wears glasses, mm -hmm. and it was I, I think it was like part of his character. You know, it was one of those things where it, he didn't have glasses on because he was the smart one and we needed to tell him apart from the not smart ones, <laughs> you know, and he wasn't the doctor. It was like, oh, no, he's he's a samurai, but he needs those things to see properly because he doesn't have good eyesight. Mm -hmm. And it stood out to me and I still remember it because because it, it is something that you don't see often. Mm -hmm. And in a period piece like that, right, where it's like, oh, can you go to lens crafters and get your glasses? So, yeah. so like, how did that work? And how, how did he do that? I think this is a, a particular deviation from a discussion on pain, but I, I'm super glad that so, we had so, it. So, no, well, well, I think we're, we're still discussing repre the, the representation of pain and, and other things uh, yeah. in, in it. Uh, I, I was going to ask, is there Mr. Slice of Life anime? Are there any medical dramas? Like medical drama animes? I haven't. I'm sure there has to be some. But what I've seen that I can particularly call medical mm -hmm. 
are more like educational anime because hmm. there's for example cells at work okay which is if you remember osmosis jones the movie <laughs> yeah yeah it's pretty sort much of. that but <laughs> so much better it actually focuses on teaching you fascinating things about medicine and these are things that for example i learned as a as a first year medical student right so they're they're not like basic medicine things they're like a bit more like upscale medicine things but their metaphors are so extremely good like there's um there's a youtube channel where this doctor reviews movies or like tv like gray's anatomy and stuff like that and he loves this particular anime because he feels that within the fantasy of like, you know, cells are human like, it's one of the most accurate, like medical sort of like representations. Hmm. Um, so I would recommend it to anyone who wants to learn a bit more about how your body works, because I particularly love that anime. So so you, re you refer to it as an educational anime. Is it actually an educational anime or is it just... Like, I, yeah, it's an educational yeah. anime. Like literally, like it, it has drama elements, right? Because mm -hmm. like the main character is a red blood cell and then there's the white blood cell. But it takes moments to educate you. It literally says like, you see what the white blood, what the bl white blood cell is doing to the bacteria here where he stabs him with a, with a knife. This is how some white neutrophils work. They use these granules that pierce the membrane of a bacteria so its contents leak out. And they literally do that mid-episode, right? So it's a very educational show while still like holding like this sort of like shonen feel where like the enemies feel like Dragon Ball villains and like the heroes <laughs> feel like shonen heroes that are trying to like protect their hometown. Okay. okay. And it's super fun. Like personally, <laughs> I love it. And and I, I, I wanted to buy like props from that anime specifically. That's how much I love it. Okay. I'll I've, I've seen it, but I didn't know what it was about. But medical dramas, I, I don't think I've seen any. There, there probably is one, but I haven't seen any. Yeah, I can't think of, I can't think of one either. Um, it's like, I mean, I don't know. Like, medical dramas are, are such a common thing in the U.S. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I, I, I don't know if even like if just like if Japan has any interest in them. I don't know if there are any live action, you know, ERs or Grey's Anatomy or something like that. There, there are two anime coded games that are actually very good medical dramas, right? And both of them were DS games, Nintendo DS games. Hmm. One of them was called Trauma Center Under yep. the Knife. Yep, yep. Now, it was like by the end, right? Sorry? It was, wasn't it like Operation? Yeah, it's like a surgery game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember and that. it begins, that, that, that series begins perfectly. And then by the end, it turns into like these like off the rails sci-fi. There's a Wii you, version though, right? Sorry, there? there's a what? Isn't there a version on Wii? Yeah, actually, there's there's a version of Wii that was like a, a remake, remaster. Like, yeah. it had additional chapters, and it was really hard to control. Yeah, because, because it wasn't now a you, stylus. you yeah you couldn't use like the gravity of like of, of like the surface to support yourself, so you yeah. had to operate like in midair. Yeah, yeah. Well, like the yeah. the the stylus was so much more precise than the than the Wii mode. Yeah, yeah. And there was another one. There was a, another DS game that I remember buying as a kid. That was also a surgery one. But this one maintained 
veracity throughout the whole game. Okay. And uh, at the same time, the surgeries were more um, realistic. Okay. Like in, in, in Trauma Center Under the Knife, like you made the first cut and then you were automatically like where you had to be. Mm-hmm. And in this particular DS game, you had to make the first cut, then, you know, take away all the connective tissue, then find the first layer of like fat that sort of lies above where you're supposed to cut. So then you get to the actual organ. So it was a bit more like intensive and more like true to how surgery is. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the name and that's killing me. <laughs> well, are we are we done with pain? Yes, I think this is okay. this is as far as our discussion will go. Okay, okay. And now then, it's your turn. Then I have I, I've I've thought of what I want the next episode to be. Yes. When you said like educational anime, I was like, get out of here. It's not <gasps> it's not educational necessarily. You know, like I'm 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 arguing here, right? Uh, but a lot of anime, like it may be like I don't know if it's true or not. I may learn something from it. But what mm-hmm. it sounds to me is like it's trying to be medically accurate. Cells at work, for example, right? Mm-hmm. And so, what I want to talk about in the next episode is specifically historical accuracy in okay. in anime. But historical, as in past, as in as in anything okay. in the past. And the the reason why because the we touched on this in the first episode of, of Otaku Ryoho, mm-hmm. which was that, like, are we learning? Like, do we know, do we actually know anything about Japan? Because okay. that's what we're picking up. Yeah. And so anime, uh, th- there's enough anime and, and, like, there's a lot of anime that's, like, European, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of anime in, like, the Edo period. There's anime in different time periods, different things. And... Yeah. um there like are ironic tension th- and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like the a lot of them are based in events that are supposedly real or in time periods that are real. Mm-hmm. And and I would argue that uh some things can be educational. Uh, like like if I'm if I'm designing a story and I think oh it'd be cool if it was in the time when the samurais were and then I know mm-hmm. like three facts and then I I I mess them all up and I and I exaggerate them just so it's more dramatic mm-hmm. for the for the TV show and then mm-hmm. like people don't know if that's true or not if they don't go and actually uh, look into it so yeah. I have a this will be an excuse for me to bring up Grave of the Fireflies <laughs> and a few other shows and a few other things uh, that are anime that I think uh, I think it'll be interesting how they frame our this is my attempt at discussing uh, memory mm-hmm. education and samurais <laughs> in one in one thing so historical accuracy in in shows and and how they uh, affect our view of mm-hmm. of past events because uh particularly and this is something that i that um i'm going to look into more because i don't know a lot about it mm-hmm. but it's um retelling of world war ii yeah. and relationships between uh countries and yeah. like i haven't i i i have a, a very basic understanding of how that affected uh like japan in general but i'm yeah. curious in how it's represented in anime over the years. That's great. That's great. Did you just want to focus on Japanese history? Um, no, no, no. I'm curious. Actually, I'm really curious to see if like I find any anything. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that most of it will be uh, Japanese history, 
Mm-hmm. And I'm curious if there's anything out there that's like, oh, like they're, they're 9-11 building or, you know, other like, big events that were represented in anime. Yeah, mm, that that's interesting. Yeah, different wars, different events. Um, but yeah, but I'm, I'm curious. I'm, I'm guessing most of it will be, it's like, like I know that Samurai 7, have you watched this series? Uh, I've never watched it. <laughs> so Samurai 7 is like, it takes the, the, uh, the Seven Samurai uh, mm-hmm. movie from Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. And, but it's like, it's still in that time period. But then it's also like, I, if I remember correctly, it's like, add steampunk and like mecha elements to it, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like, that's not historically accurate. But Rurouni Kenshin, mm-hmm. they, they mention a lot of stuff that's happening. And like, for a while as a teenager, I was almost certain that I knew more about that time period in Japan than I did about that time period in the States or anywhere else in the world. Yeah. So, so, so there you go. That's it. That's my, if it's unclear, yeah. we can, we can discuss it, but basically that's it. And I'm assuming some of these samurai anime will be uh, some that I'll mention. I'll definitely bring up Grave of the Fireflies because it's something that mm-hmm. takes place during World War II. Yeah. You know, it's an event that, that, it's like it's right in the middle of it, and I wonder Although if how. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think the movie focuses more on individual histories than sort of like the history of a nation. Oh, uh, Grave of the Fireflies, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's but, two kids in the middle of the attacks yeah. on uh, mm-hmm. Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I think. But we have to pay attention to the background noise. Yeah, like yeah, it's kind of it's well, like it's it's set in a particular context, and they move from one mm-hmm. location to the other, and yeah. so like I, you don't have to watch the movie again. I mean, I don't know if I could ever watch that movie again. I've never cried so hard in my life. I've watched it like ten times. What? Why? Yeah. Because I'm the one who who, um, so you know the Kisniver system where you want <laughs> to share your pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've done that a lot of to a lot of other people. Got it. And your yeah. your your surgical Im, uh, uh, I've implanted my pain yeah. into them. You have to watch it with people to to make them watch it. Yeah, got it. I know. I, I get it. Yeah. Well, all right. So there you go. There's there's our uh, idea for next time. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Otaku Ryoho. You can contact us in the forums. You can contact us in Twitter or the Discord. The links for those is going to be in the show notes. And if you want any more episodes, you can go to otakuryoho.geektherapy.com. No, otaku.geektherapy.com. Okay, otaku.geektherapy.com. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time. Bye. Bye.